0: This is-
1: Episode 132 for March 2011. The Spider-Man Crawl Space Podcast is sponsored by MailOrderComics.com. They have discounts that start at 38 and they go up to 75% off the cover price of new comics and trades. An example for this episode is on the amazing Spider-Man McFarlane omnibus. This one collects all of Todd's work on the amazing title from issue number 296 all the way up to 329 and also has material from the Spec Spidey Annual number 10. Now the cover price is hundred bucks. Mail order has it for just sixty-one dollars and ninety-nine cents. So check them out at mailordercomics.com. Welcome back, gang. We continue our show with the reviews of Amazing Spider-Man number six fifty-five. Written by Slot Marcus Mo- Martin on artwork. This is uh, basically the funeral of Marla and a bit of a flashback to the people that. Sp- Spiderman Spiderman <laughs> He's Jewish uh, <laughs> Spiderman that, that sounds like the uh, Japanese knockoff Excuse me <laughs> Speederman Crawlspade
0: <laughs> German They're
1: Spiderman
2: Spiderman I yeah.
1: Anyway oh. Various people he's let down or had killed etc uh, Ladies first Stella You like this one
3: Okay So Yeah now I can actually talk about this one Um <laughs> Like I was saying before, um, in error, uh, the first few pages I thought were pretty powerful because um, they don't say anything, and they let uh, just the, the the art speak for it, and I thought that was um, very emotional. Um, I thought the layout of the art was clever, and even mind-blowing at times. I enjoyed, I believe it was after the funeral, just kind of the spiral of different images coming down. Um, On the con side, it was a rather violent issue. I, and I guess I shouldn't be shocked because comics are violent. But in my opinion, Spider-Man normally is not very violent. I mean, he punches people, but there was a lot of blood. And, and I mean, poor Gwen's neck was askew. It, I don't know what to say. I, I didn't really like uh, seeing Uncle Ben walking around like the ghost of Christmas past, but dripping blood. That, that was a little um, uncomfortable for me. But, you know, I had to connect it somehow to the Aeneid. And either, there are kind of two ways you could look at this. Either, like when Hector appears to Aeneas in his dreams, he appears as he was when he died. So basically, uh, he, I mean, he was dragged around Troy, so he did not look good. Or we could have taken the path of, they're in the underworld and they look as their souls would have been. So if they were good people, you know, they would have looked Um looked fine as they were when they were living. Uh, so I guess we went the path of the dream route. So everyone looked uh, as they were when they were dead. So Gwen Stacy had her cracked neck and Ben had a blood stain. But it was just a little disconcerting to, to see that. Uh, overall, I give it an A minus. Um, well, Let me think about this. Maybe a B plus. Uh, it was interesting to say the least. Um, I really liked the art, but uh, I wonder actually what Kind of progression we made through this issue.
1: Well, he has a motto of "no one ever dies," is
0: what we eventually got. That's to. That's true. Yeah. yeah,
3: and then of course somebody died right at the end. <laughs> was, okay. Well, <laughs> to point out,
0: it's, it's, it's to point out what a joke that is. Uh, so
1: B plus from you is that what you said? Okay. Yes. Uh, Bailey, what do you think?
4: I um, <laughs> I liked most of this this issue the uh the funeral scene uh and lack of dialogue for the opening part of this issue was great. I uh, and that's not a shot at slots writing, it's just this is a medium where sometimes you can do that and still tell a pretty powerful story. Uh I I did like the page where um Jameson puts down the razor, and on the very next page, Peter picks it up to begin shaving. I thought that was a nice little, you know, scene transition. I also liked, during the funeral, you see uh, Jonah pass by his father, and they have a little moment where, you know, he holds his son's hand, and then you have May, and then you have Carly, and you have Peter, the Jamesons, May, and Carly are all in one panel, and then they split the panel, and then there's Peter. Even though he's sitting with them, yeah. he's still off to the side. So it's like, even though he's with people, he's still on his own. And I thought that was a neat artistic trick. It's, it's kind artistic of convey convey
1: storytelling is what it is.
4: Yeah, I mean, it, it's just yeah. that kind of thing just got me really going. Um, I know it's important for Uncle Ben to be in this story, but I'm sick to death of them digging up Uncle Ben every time they want to make Peter feel bad about something. It is – I know they've been doing it for almost 50 years, but it's just at this point it's kind of played out. I mean at least they didn't have him go to the graveside yeah. to talk to him because God knows they didn't do enough of that last
1: night. Well, time. I mean that's the whole motivation for the <laughs> character though. you got to come back to that always, I think. <sighs>
4: But when you come back to it that much, it starts to lose potency. It's like, oh yeah, Peter's gonna, Peter's feeling bad about himself. Time to talk to Uncle Ben. You know, if you're gonna bring Uncle Ben into it, you should wait a really long time and then have it have some kind of
1: impact. Well, this one, this um, one's building up to all the people that have died, and all comes back to him.
4: Yeah. Well, I understand. Yeah. Like I said, I understand why they used mm-hmm. him. It's just it was still a little annoying to see
1: him there. I, and you've never like seen him I, that bloody either. <laughs> <laughs> With the blo well, stains no, that go out this, in the shape of webs, too. because
4: because Amazing Fantasy fifteen wasn't published by DC in the last five <laughs> years, so of course it's not going to be that bloody. But um, the um, the whole no one's going to die thing is either going to go really good or it's going to go really bad. It, you know, I'm. No one's going to die on my watch. Well, what have you been doing your entire career, Peter? Is this going to be like, are we going to see a haggard Peter Parker constantly being Spider-Man, constantly saving people? Because didn't they do that during Brand New Day as well at one point, where he was always on the move? I'm trying to remember. Wasn't that the 24-7 storyline? Yeah, it
5: was the 24-7 storyline, yes.
4: So it feels a little repetitive, but at the same time, Big Time has been handled so much better than Brand New Day that I give it a little pass. So uh, again, I'm gonna I'm gonna give this one a B minus.
1: Okay, uh, let's see, Zach, what do you think, man?
5: Well, considering all the leaps and jumps and hoops I went through to get this stupid book, um, yeah, your, your shop was sold out. <laughs> yeah, well, they didn't. They actually had an increase in orders. That's good, but. Um, they didn't ha they didn't get half their shipment, so it was a kind of a squirrely thing there um you hated the previous was, two issues did you like this one? This one was a lot yeah. better um, I tell you when two of the three artists are really good and i this is probably martin's strongest work I'm still not as i I still don't necessarily like his faces something about his faces I just don't particularly like, but everything else I happen to like um the the dreamscape where we um where we see the hoodie um I I had had a big grin on my face yeah the hoodie's
1: back
0: (laughs) the hoodie's back in a couple
5: panels Uh, nonetheless yes um there was there were so many people that he could have talked to um you know and then Charlie the one that he actually actually killed accidentally um you know that's from a one-shot thirty years ago. What
1: what Charlie are you talking about?
2: The uh, Wolverine. Like oh, oh, gotcha, gotcha.
1: Wolverine.
5: That that was a pretty big dab. Yeah, okay, Th- how many times over the last thirty years has it been referenced? A couple. Maybe name three. the other one, Brad. Name, name the
1: other one besides this one. <sighs> um, there there was that Spider-Man Wolverine miniseries back in the two thousands that they talked about it. I think.
5: Okay, yeah. When Okay, when do they reference it when Wolverine doesn't show up? <laughs> All right, I'll give you that. Answer, never. <laughs> um, winning. <until> Sorry.
1: <laughs> You're winning. <laughs> You're hitting me with torpedoes <laughs> of truth there, Seth. You warlock. Sack.
5: You warlock. <laughs> you warlock. <laughs> yes. You animal I'm gonna warlock. My, I'm going to use my juju powers of, of, of reasoning. All right. Um. Somebody's got tiger
1: blood. <laughs> he's got got, uh, miles warren blood no sorry
5: there you go um (laughs) you know uh, at least you know we haven't gotten the two overused tropes of spider-man gwen stacy and ben and uncle ben um they had to drag that out too (laughs) um
1: so what's what's that's your con what's your pro
5: my pro is the artwork okay. i mean it was a pretty good story the first 6 pages are extremely powerful yeah. that uh splash page with st Saint, st Saint, uh, patrick's cathedral was gorgeous it, though um that two page spread with all the dead people was
1: amazing too yeah. yeah that
5: two page spread where he's where it's it's like it's like you're on an acid trip a little yeah. bit um a digital I ac- mean, acid trip i thought but <laughs>
0: Yeah, a Ditko ass. Which, yeah, a hey, Ditko. Yeah, uh,
5: this is what Ditko has been taking yeah. the last forty years. Um, okay, as a story, I felt like it was appropriate considering what we got with the with the death of Marla. Um, the solemn vow was stupid, <laughs> so that's one other pro. But I mean, everything else about I, I liked the whole dreamscape thing. It just it was kind of annoying how yeah. we got the little trip. It's a great sir. I'm going to give this I'm going to you know what I'm going to give this a B+. Plus. Yeah. I was going to give it an A- minus, but I'll just I'll give it a B+. Plus. Uh
1: JR what do you think man?
2: Well, a, a lot of mixed feelings about this one. Um first of all though, I I really liked um excuse me. Um I really liked the first page with Jonas in bed just laying there with his eyes wide open by himself you know nothing more needs to be said i mean it's 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 kind, you know the, that's the thing about losing someone i mean it's their death is hard enough to take you know that's bad enough but what's really hurts you is their absence and their continued absence um that that's that's really really the killer um and i thought the uh, the dialogue free pages were pretty effective however the story went downhill when people started talking um and i like i said i the thing is, this is one of the things about Spider-Man. I mean, this is a typical Spider-Man, you know, the guilt trip. And and and, and all that was missing was, and I don't know, is it Bertoni? But Bertoni does he call it like the floating heads of guilt or something? Oh, uh, yes, nice, does call it nice. It like <laughs> you know, <laughs> and he, I, the thing is, it's like it's like Aunt May being sick or. Or his love life being screwed up. I mean, it's, it's one of the familiar tropes of Spider-Man that he goes on these massive guilt trips. But they do get old. They really, really do get old. Uh, particularly when, you know, there are some deaths he probably is more, uh, responsible for than others. Um, he is more liable for than others. Uh, and, and Marlowe's really isn't one of them. Um, so I, I really have a hard time making, I mean, making that connection. You know, uh, I mean, yes, if he hadn't, you know, he was, if he hadn't been staggering around, you know, maybe he would have done something. But he was staggering around. He had a concussion. You know, I mean, there's a limit to what you can do. But again, that's, you know, that's that's Spider-Man. So, really mixed feelings uh, about seeing this again. Uh, although I did like the point where he says I've never wanted to kill anybody, and then the Green Goblin shows up and said, "Yeah, right. You never wanted to kill me, right?" <laughs> and he, you know, and basically Spider-Man has to admit, "Yeah, he, he did want to kill Norman Osborn. He should want to kill Norman Osborn." Yeah. Uh, but obviously, the thing the thing about Spider-Man is that he won't. But he, but he, if he's human, he should want to. So I, I have to give this a. Um, I mean, I really have to give this a C-, uh, just because it's, it's just, it just covers old, old ground, uh, and I'm, I'm getting a little bit tired of it. I thought for
1: sure you would love that double page spread of all the dead people.
2: No, that's, that's, it's
1: like... I don't remember seeing that many references to 50 a year continuity, which I just got a kick well. out of.
2: Well, in the past, they couldn't put all the floating heads in in one panel, I guess. So, you know, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, for a, you know, for us continuity fanboy horrors, it's fun to go and pay. Oh, there's Frederick Foswell. Oh, there's Timmy, the guy. Exactly. The kid who collected Spider-Man at ASM 248. There's freaking you know? Lance Bannon in this thing, yeah. man. So, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, for us guys, old guys, you know, it's fun to go and see how many we can identify. But as a story you know wow it's it's you know, I don't know maybe 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 we just need maybe the audience needs to turn over, maybe I've just been reading well if i'm it's like it's like whacker himself once said, if you're sick of Aunt May, then you've been reading Spider man oh long. shut up, Steve
5: Wacker. <laughs> <laughs> right. so i I have, I have to give all right all right it, you know if if i if i well, I'll announce
0: this later, never mind i will I'll, I'll come back to okay. that point uh George i'm. <sighs> um, I'm gonna take what Jr. said, but I'm, I'm gonna take it further. Um, between, between Spider Man, okay, and 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 the, these types of stories that we've already seen in Spider Man before, these retrospective, you know, and and, and, and uh, television parlance, they call them clip shows. Mm,
1: yeah.
0: um, this isn't really, this isn't really that, but I mean, it, it it's it's serving the same purpose. But as a Spider-Man fan I feel like I've seen this about 10,000 times. As a as a comics and sci-fi fan, I feel like I've seen it about a million now. This thing has been beaten into the damn ground. You know, I mean this is this is this is even more played than love triangles. You know, and I, so this whole it was it, this whole story was just frustrating cuz I'm like I I hate these types of stories. You know, they're – everybody does them. You know, every – you always see this. It's like if you watch a – if you start watching a TV show for the first time, you automatically know sometime in the first or second season there's going to be like a catch-up thing where they're going to show you everything that just happened. Yeah. You know, like they're all sitting around a campfire. Hey, remember that time when we fought the evil wizard? Yeah, that was awesome. And then, you know, like you get the little wavy lines and then they're fighting, you know. So – but it's the same thing. It's – but, you know, this is just death because we're dealing with a funeral. Um. I thought the first part was interesting you know, the first part where we nobody talked and it was all somber I was hoping it wouldn't turn into another damn Nuff Said issue from like 10 years ago <laughs> but uh, you know um, that that at least was you know you're showing okay the characters are, are dealing with the grief of this person that Spider-Man fans probably really didn't give two craps about to begin with uh, uh, but this is how they deal with their grief but this part I mean I've just seen this a billion times dude I, I, it's, it's worn it's played ugh and, uh, you know, that, you know, my big thing is I'll never say an artist is terrible. I just don't believe it. I'm like, I'll look at any professional artist and say, you actually have the talent. That's why you can do it for a living, right? right. So I'm not, I, and I've never said this about, my, about Martin. I've never said Martin's a terrible artist or Martin doesn't have, you know, he's not an artist. He doesn't have any talent. I will say that I don't like his style. And I remember when, um, he, he, did that one brand new verse issue where they first brought back Mary Jane after they'd rebooted, you know, Spider Man, right. um, with the actor sleeping in bed with her? Yeah, so. and she and she was, yeah, you know, she was on the couch. Remember reading the People were going crazy yeah. about that. Yeah, people were going crazy about that. People were like, "Oh my gosh, she hasn't looked this good since Romita. And I'm like, "Are you serious? Are you kidding me?" I actually had people. I remember people saying that she hasn't looked this good since Romita. And I'm like, "Dude, take it down a notch." <laughs> wow, really? You know, because I looked at it, and it looked like Picasso had done it as a sketch. And, I you know, when I say Picasso, I, I don't mean that in a positive way. I mean it looks clunky, like Cubist almost, you know, like some kind of Warp impressionist version of, you know, what a woman looks like. I, it, it was just clunky to me. I never I never liked his style. Um, here it wasn't as bad, but it – I don't know. I just – I've never liked his style, so – um, it's a wonky story. It's kind of, it, it almost felt like a filler issue, you know? Cause, and I started thinking about that. Remember how we kept hearing about, oh, Dan slot sick. He's sick. You know, he's got all these deadlines. He's sick, whatever, while he's fighting with people on, online. Um, but you know, I started thinking about that when, when the first half of this issue or a lot of the, or not the first half, but like the first several pages of this, you know, were just blank. Mm-hmm. I started thinking about it and I was like, well, that you know saves him a lot of time from having to write anything. Maybe well, if you look
1: at his like uh, Foam Spring account, this is his favorite issue he's ever written.
0: He's barely written anything. <laughs> not, you know, I mean, you know, I mean, it's like somebody needed to fill. This is a, and seriously, this is almost like it feels like an editor doing a one-off story in the middle of an ongoing storyline. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It like like it's a filler. Like it's just, oh, I'm I'm, you know, I, I've got to meet this deadline. We've got to interrupt this jack-o'-lantern arc with, uh, with a Beatle story, uh, you know, and they call, like, a different writer and artist. Can you turn me something in? I need something bad. You know, it feels like that. Yeah. And and Stella's right. There's the whole beating to death of the Goblin and Uncle Ben thing. I mean, this is supposed to be, like, a nine-and-up book. We've got a, you know, we've got an old man beaten to a pulp, laying in a web of blood, you know, with his face all screwed. You know, it's 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 too much. It's too much. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's great. I, I wouldn't let it get this. Uh, this one gets a D for okay. me. Uh I pretty much disagree with everything George just said. <laughs> I'm giving this
1: one an, an A. Uh, I really oh. liked it a lot. I am a big Marcos Martin fan. I think, in my opinion, it's a blending of what if Romita and Ditko had a kid. I think the artwork looks very similar to that. Uh, oh, I gosh. like the homages to every damn... Death that he's had. I mean, they even had the Hornet in there. Wolverine killing the Hornet. They had Nathan lebensky
5: yeah, but he wasn't responsible for that. He
1: feels guilty because he inspired them to take on the suits a little bit. So he
0: feels a little bit of guilt. This is a very guilt-ridden character, dude. One of the characters in here, Spidey dude, died from cancer. Yeah, the little and, kid. And and, and, it, and and Spider-Man. No. You, well, yeah, you got the little kid, but you also got uh, Katzenberg is in here. Yeah, that's, that's right.
3: Okay, I'm like,
0: dude, but, (laughs) I don't, but see, that means Peter blames himself for Nick Katzenberg's cancer. Anyway, anyway, I, I, I like it a lot. (laughs) It's taking
4: that
5: to an 11 though. Well,
4: well, well, if he had, well, if he had stopped the burglar, cancer would have never happened.
5: (laughs) Exactly! It's just to the point of absurdity with this whole, let's take the guilt up, as George would say, to an 11. Yeah. Anyway, I
1: love the artwork, I love the homages to the people that have been reading it for 50 years. Uh, the reason it doesn't get an A plus out of me is because of the mantra at the back, no one dies under my watch. That does feel, everybody else says that the death, uh, thing looks, is a bit repetitive, but I think it needs to be, I, I don't know, reiterated a lot because that's what drives the character. However, no one dies under my watch it just seems a little extra retread. Uh, also, I think, this issue should have been the 654.1 issue, because I think this one, if of all of them this month, is more of an introduction to the character of Spider-Man, who he is. He, he's a character that is trying to do good things because he screwed up when his uncle
4: died. This would have been perfect for wouldn't that.
1: it? Wouldn't it have been? This would have been a great intro if people actually... Uh, we're interested in the Point .1 program, which I don't know how successful it's been. I think it's just an extra month that they can get two ninety nine out of us. But I think this would have been a great intro to what drives his character, which is what that that uh, program was for. Okay, this month in Spider History with JR, we're going back to March of 1984. Amazing Spider-Man 250 came out. It wasn't double priced either, JR. I'm surprised. No.
2: No, it wasn't. And it, 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 was, uh, it was a surprise in more ways than one. And it had uh, one
1: of the funniest uh, captions on the cover with the hobgoblin in the upper left corner saying, It's great. Steal it. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Uh, title of the book, Confessions. Writer, Roger Stern. Artist, John Romita,
2: Jr. What do you think of this one, J.R.? Well, I tell you, I remember waiting eagerly for this one. I just remember how I could not wait for this to come out because I thought that issue number 250 of course stern was going to reveal the hobgoblin's identity yeah and of course a little thing like the fact that he never said that he would uh didn't bother me whatsoever uh so i just i when i finally saw this i scooped it up read it and it's like wait a minute uh but you know that said uh overall i mean it, it, it again it's it's stern it's classic stern classic hobgoblin stories uh it uh, it's a very good story basically it's it's kind of leading up to the final battle uh at least as long as the final battle as far as roger stern was concerned uh Spider-Man's um, you know the Hob King the Hobgoblin has just blackmailed everybody in his uh Norman's old country club with uh, the secrets that everybody told Norman Osborn in the strictest of confidence of course and uh of course Norman promptly went to write him down so he could blackmail everybody probably himself uh and and of course Jonah's big secret that he confided to Norman was that he funded the creation of the Scorpion uh so that's kind of that's kind of that's where the story starts is the fallout from that and uh, you know he plants a tracer on the Hobgoblin, and the goblin finds it, and then Spider-Man follows the tracer, and then we have this climactic battle, which results in an explosion. Um, but uh, this is the one issue, if uh, the one clue, I think, that Roger Stern left behind as to where he was really going with the Hobgoblin plot is there's a panel to a, a reference to the, a Kingsley brother. Where uh, where we think it's Roddy, but it probably really is Daniel walking around. Well, he's got a date on the couch, saying of all times for my brother to leave town, uh, and it's kind of like you know, looking back, it, you go, you realize it's just in there. I mean, it doesn't, re- you know, the fact that he's referencing a brother, uh, and uh, of course, I think this is the one clue that Stern left behind of where he was going, and then before he unceremoniously. Uh, left Amazing Spider-Man. So, um, Jonah resign. Well, no, Jonah doesn't resign until next issue. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, uh, one of the another thing is this is like the first coming of John, or one of the early comings of John Romita Jr. Uh, he hasn't quite developed the style that uh, we're all familiar with today. Uh, so it's it's early Romita Jr. Uh, it's 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 a great issue. It's a good issue. Definitely. Uh, you know, definitely if you're looking at uh, being a Spider-Man completist or at least getting the uh, the more interesting and more important stories of his run, uh, this is part of it. Right. Uh,
1: also, I, I interviewed Stern and I don't remember the story. I'll have to re-listen to it. But why, did he leave Amazing? Because to focus on Avengers? Is that what happened, I think?
2: You know, I, I, I think honestly, that's what happened. Maybe I don't know, maybe George might know, or one of the others might know. Yeah. It's the the reasons he left, la- it, it's it's like when Marv Wolfman left mm-hmm. uh writing. There's always there's always these politics going on and, and somebody was offended at something and you know, in Wolfman's case it was because Jim Shooter was getting rid of the uh, editor slash writer uh titles. So Wolfman got pissed off about that and left. And I think with Stern, there was something something behind the scenes going on that caused him to leave. I don't think it was just he wanted to focus on Avengers. I think something else was going on, but I honestly don't remember what it was. But this led into you know, the...
0: It could have been something like that. I remember reading something from Priest, J.R., just because you had brought this up. Uh, Priest was talking about how difficult it was with all the egos going on in the office and how difficult it was not to offend or piss people off.
2: hmm
0: at this time, from, like, every point at, at Marvel, like the Spider-Man office on down. I remember a Priest was talking about one time um, he had uh, totally and, you know, innocently pissed off Friends, and he didn't even mean to. And somebody, like, bawled him out later and said, you can't talk that way to Friends. And he's like, what the hell did I say to Friends? You know, so there's probably all kinds of ways that it yeah. got screwed up. But it led into a great run by
1: DeFalco and Friends, I thought, Uh 252, where it started, et cetera. Also came out this month, uh, Marvel Team-Up number 139, where Spidey is teaming up with Nick Fury. This one titled, uh, Everybody Loves Somebody Sometime. Everybody, a little Dean Martin reference. Writer Carl Burkett, artist Brian Postman, who I've never heard of on either one of those. Hence why Marvel Team-Up was like a third tier title. JR, do you remember this one?
2: Yeah, I remember not a third tier title and about a fifth tier story. Uh, (laughs) This this is just this was very typical Marvel team up. I mean, for no particular no particularly good reason, our two protagonists get together. At least they don't fight, you know, which is always a one of those uh, tropes. But uh, uh, you know, basically, this involves a friend who's dating a movie actress, coming to Nick Fury and saying that he's, oh, God, what was it? He's being blackmailed. Oh, no, he, she was kidnapped. That's right. She was kidnapped. And, of course, even though this isn't something S.H.I.E.L.D. gets involved with, it's as, as a friend. So Fury decides to get involved. And Spider-Man's in here peripherally, too, and and uh they get involved with a fight called, with something called the Dreadnought Robot, which there's probably some kind of haiku in there somewhere. But, uh, no, it just, and of course, I mean, the ending, you know, is, is aha, the kidnapped actor's girlfriend was in on it the whole time, and mm-hmm. no, just, just a, a very unmemorable story, but a very typical Marvel team up.
1: I always am a fan of shattered covers, and this is a good looking shattered cover where the Dreadnought is tearing up the logo. But, uh, do you like the cover? I learned nothing special about it. Okay. I just, I just, maybe it's because I'm so used to Hulk covers where they're always being smashed. I just love smash covers. Uh, this definitely wasn't a, a C-list story. The next one. Peter Parker Spectacular Spider-Man number 88. Uh, called Hide and Seek. Writer Bill Mantlow. Artist Al Milgram. The Hide has got the black cat over his head and, um uh, uh, what was the other guy's name? Cobra, uh-huh. Cobra
2: c- looking on the wall. This was a good one, I thought, JR. It was it was okay, but I think it also was. Um, you know, we we this is the issue after I believe it's the issue after Spider-Man revealed his identity to the Black Cat. Yeah. Uh, this kind of starts continuing the uh, slide of Felicia as a character from a uh, from a feisty, uh, amoral. Uh, a uh, girl who's just no you know who's 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 sexy and s- stuff but just no good for our hero and to You know, an utter dingbat, and uh, you know, and I think this is where I think Al Milgram takes over the series, either Mm -hmm. next issue or not too far from here. But you know, she called. You know, you know what? In what I mean by her being a dingbat, you know, she. I think there's one point where she sits and tells Cobra to stay there, and she's going to go help out her boyfriend or something, and you know, it's like, oh God, you know, that just. I mean, (laughs) that wasn't how Felicia was originally, but, uh, and uh, this is. Although, although you know, it's interesting that you picked this month and this issue was part of it because for all of the talk about you know sex, the sex between Spider-Man and the Black Cat, this was the first time we actually saw what was you know that Spider-Man and the Black Cat were indeed were indeed getting it on under the covers because uh, because uh, we see Felicia sleeping in bed and then one of the next panels is Peter Parker slinking out of the room. (laughs) Wearing nothing but his Spidey jammy bottoms and I his mean, web shooter. Yep, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, he, he had the, to go the, there. Bro. Well, the <laughs> web shooter was emptied out by that time. Oh uh, my god! Wow. <laughs>
1: yeah, I am out of car- cartridge uh, condoms. Uh, yeah, but
2: uh, 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 so uh, sticky. Really? Oh god! Uh, but but <laughs> the, the, the difference between this this scene, you know, and and, and if you know, I mean, for those of us who've read Spider-Man, I mean, sex and sexual innuendos are nothing new. No. You know, I mean, it's it, we're not getting offended because you know, lately because you know, there's references to sex. There's always been references to sex, um, but one, it's just happening way too much, and two, like in this story, it's told in the middle of an affectionate relationship you know i mean it it's you know i mean these people are truly in love at this time they're not uh, you know it's not they're not breaking into hotel rooms and you know having sex with their mask on or anything i mean it's in the context of a loving monogamous relationship uh so you know it's fine um but you know like i said this though is is marking felicia's rapid deterioration into a, into a dingbat and uh this also is the issue where she decides that she's going to go looking for superpowers because Hyde uh, threatens to break her in two. um uh, if Spider-Man doesn't let him clock him, and Spider-Man says, oh, "Okay," and then Hyde, you know, cleans his clock, and uh, Felicia feels so guilty she runs off and says, "I've got to find me some superpowers." So, you know, it, it's an okay issue, but knowing what comes after it, uh, it's it's kind of like the beginning of the end almost. Uh, but one, one thing that is, is kind of interesting, you know, particularly in our modern, you know, with our perverse sense of humor these days, is where Spider-Man says, you know, every night he and the cat prowl the rooftops looking for crime, and every morning we find our way back here in each other's arms. Not even Captain America and Bucky could claim that. And uh, you know, I'm thinking, well, what about Batman and Robin, though? I mean, uh, haven't there always been talk uh, about those two? Uh, <laughs> so you know, particularly that that infamous panel from the '60s where the alien tells, you know, oh, everybody you've touched is doomed, and you know, and uh, the other three the other three superheroes are thinking about their girlfriends and batman's thinking robin what have i done to you <laughs> so <laughs> uh but anyway that's it's an okay issue i mean yeah. like i said it's at the end Mantlo had a great run on he had he had two very good runs on spectacular spider-man um his second was better than his first yeah. uh so this is kind of the end actually both these issues uh spectacular and uh, amazing are kind of the end of their respective eras mm-hmm.
1: yeah. yep do you wish spectacular would come back
2: No, I mean, I I like the idea of multiple Amazings. I I mean, I always have. I mean, I really, I really like the idea that there's a, uh, even though it's a, I mean, it's comics, of course, but I like the idea that there's kind of one continuous narrative rather than, you know, a month where, you know, Spider-Man's in New York and uh, Amazing, he's on Pluto in uh, Spectacular, and and he's, you know, back in the 1800s in Web or something. Uh, (laughs) <laughs> you know, and how, you know, and I know, I mean, it's comics, we have to stretch our mm-hmm. suspension of disbelief, but I always really didn't like that. And, uh, plus, the more magazines there were, just, the, I mean, basically it's like cloning. You know, the, each successive copy gets worse. And in the case, you know, you went from spectacular to web to no adjective, you know, and, and the quality just kept getting worse as they kept trying to think of, you know, they were running out of stories, that, good stories to tell. So, yeah. now I don't wish it would come back. Okay. good month bad month That was so. fairly good month yeah definitely I mean any obviously anytime you've got uh I, and, and there's a question later in the pod, uh, in the message board, which I may not be around enough long enough to get to uh, because uh, I've got to bail out. Uh, but someone asked me what my favorite era was, and I uh, and I, they said they're assuming it's the Silver Age, probably because they think I'm an old guy, so I like the Silver Age. Uh, but uh, no, this this was it, Stern and Mantlow in the early '80s. Uh, nice. That was that was my favorite era because the stories were good. I, I eagerly look forward to them every month, and and also I was about the same age as Peter Parker at that time. Mm-hmm. I was uh, in college at uh, at Indiana State University, which apparently w- once in a, a blue moon actually makes the NCAA brackets, which they did this year. So, uh, so yeah, it was a very special era for me, the early '80s.
1: Do you remember where you were picking these books up at, at college?
2: Absolutely, New where? Concept New Concept bookstore off of Seventh <laughs> and God, what was the main street? Vigo, I think it was Vigo in Terre Haute, Indiana. I right. was. Uh, I was in college, like I said, I was in college at Indiana State, so I definitely remember. It was wonderful nice. having a, a comic shop slash used bookstore within walking distance of campus.
1: And aren't they filming Avengers where, you're, where you live?
2: They are supposedly going yeah. to be filming. I live about 40 miles south of Cleveland. Uh-huh. They are supposedly going to be filming some of the Avengers in the Cleveland area. Nice. Uh, I've not seen... I've not seen any, you know, any comments about exactly what they're going to film or where they're going to film it. My guess is they're going, probably going to film it downtown because Cleveland's one of the, the few metropolitan areas that's been so eviscerated over the years by a bad economy that you can close down major streets and not, <laughs> not interrupt traffic too much.
1: Uh, <laughs> but, know, if they if they put out a casting call, you and Spencer should be extras. Maybe I've, running for I, I, Loki I've, or something. I don't know
2: well it, like like i said on my facebook page you know i'm willing to get my head stomped on by the hulk or be vaporized by the <laughs> scrolls for a few extra bucks nice uh, but the thing is those cattle calls for extras are are i mean it's you know zillions of people show up in the case of spider-man 3 for example they had a big massive well-promoted cattle call and then it turned out that wasn't the real audition mm. don't ask me why or how or what that happened but that was a big snafu uh and and i don 't know you know hollywood is is the it, it hollywood it, i don 't know why people are so mesmerized by by Hollywood because all they are is a bunch of thieves, cheats, and liars so, <laughs> you know, I, I, mean, I can't I, say I, know. I have
1: that cool a movie coming to my town uh they 're making a Bonnie and Clyde movie because Bonnie and Clyde were in uh, Southwest Missouri, and one of their uh hideouts is pretty close to where I live actually and um their Bonnie is going to be portrayed by Hilary Duff.
2: <laughs> God.
4: Oh dear God. Yeah, and Actually, uh, well, sure Christine Aguilera
2: good. wasn't available. I guess uh, not. Anyway, she was had,
4: uh what? She was pretty good in a couple episodes of Law and Order Special Victims Unit. So well, she's, she's kinda turning in. Who was
2: the victim, in? the
5: audience?
1: <laughs> well anyway, they had a casting call for the Bonnie and Clyde movie and about a thousand people came out to the Holiday Inn to begin the, the So she showed up at the Holiday Inn? No, no, it was, it was just the casting people for uh, the movie. So, and a couple
5: it, hours away from, or about three hours away from me, they they filmed the Hulk in Albuquerque, and parts of the Avengers movie will be filmed there too. It's cool. So,
2: it's one I'm of those not, things uh, I might I might do just you know like if I take Spencer with me just so it's something father and son can say they did together. Cool. Uh, so I might consider it, but if it were just me, you know, uh, I wouldn't even I wouldn't bother with it.
1: All right, let's move on to recommendations for the month. Let's start with Stella. What do you like this month, my literary? Uh,
3: yeah, literary wise, I'm gonna recommend Angela's Ashes by Frank McCourt, and it is it's a memoir. Um, and he grew up uh, a little bit in Brooklyn, New York, and then they moved back to Ireland, uh, where his parents are from. And um, I mean. He just has a very impoverished childhood um, and early adulthood, and, you know, throughout this, it's pretty sad. Uh, But, you know, we talk about, obviously, the poverty that they go through, uh, his father's drinking problem, and then his mother's, who happens to be Angela, his mother's attempts of really keeping the family together and alive. Um, so it was good. uh I read another memoir, but i'll save that for my show I believe uh which I enjoyed more but certainly i I would recommend uh Angela's ashes if you are uh hard hearted then you won't really care about the death and things that go on so um as for let's see here, I saw the adjustment bureau, which I thought was good uh What's that? I haven't heard of that uh basically it's um People, like, every person has their own uh, uh, fate kind of all mapped out and everything. Hmm. And they never really explicitly state it, but really they always say, like, the main man or whatever. So, uh, you know, God and has these specific plans for people. And so this one guy's plan gets off track, and it's this a bureau's job to get him back on track, but it's kind of a fight between him and then uh, because he falls in love. And so it, it was a good story. They... Uh, advertise it as being more mind blowing than um, inception, but that's that's not really true, but it's just a completely different story. So I saw that I would recommend that and then I also recently saw the King's speech
4: hmm.
3: and it certainly deserved uh, the academy Awards that it got it was It was wonderful. I highly recommend it. So those are my my two recommendations there. nice uh,
1: Zach, what are
5: your recommendations, sir?
3: Well, uh,
5: first of all, I would like to make an announcement. I um, I decided to get to b- together with some buddies, and we're we're going to go to San Diego Comic Con. So the whole nice. space will be uh, represented there by myself, um, Brittoni, Donovan, um, who uh, is a reviewer I... of the cartoon, and he's also the uh, on Clone, Clone Saga Chronicles. Chronicles. I think you can get free tickets as, as a press pass by we, that's, using that's the cross the plan. Pass. Yeah, mm-hmm. nice. Um, we'll also uh, have John Wilson with us, who is nice. from Amazing Spider-Man Classics. So the uh, entire cast of uh, Amazing Spider-Man Classics will be there. Very cool. Um, as well as me. So we'll, that's we'll my like recommendation that. for first of all.
1: It I guess is, we'll do it like Bertone did last year. You guys just... Text me, or you guys will have a laptop there. You can
5: add news to the front page, I guess. Yeah, well, um, I'm going I'm to take my laptop with me. Nice. Uh, that's 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 the uh, goal. I'm going to take the laptop with me. We're going to try to at least. We're going to try to record a episode, you know, all together in the room. We're, we're very excited about this new about this about this, and we're gonna we're also gonna have, maybe possibly have video um, video blogging too. Uh, we're going to establish a couple of Twitter accounts. So you can keep up with us. Any
1: other recommendations besides going to some white color with your,
0: with your girl?
1: Yeah, I'm not even watching the show. I'm sad.
0: Oh, wait, dude. Wait, who's Brad's girl? Kathy, Kathy Griffin? Man. Ow.
5: That, that hurts. Tiffany Amber um I, I tell you right now, it's probably one of the better. Is she in it much? Um, she's a supporting character. She's not one of the main characters. She's, she's in almost every episode, though. Yeah. She has, she's had a larger role this season than she did in the first. Um, but it's a really fun show. And to get it, bring it to a Superman reference for Bailey, uh, Matt Bomer was one of the, uh, was in the final group of, of guys that possibly were going to, was going to play Clark Kent, so.
4: Yes, he was for Superman Returns. He could play it, I think. Or for the whatever was before Superman Returns.
5: Yeah.
4: yeah. Um,
5: so, uh, he, you know, it's a fun show. I, I like it a lot. Um, he's a native Texan. His dad was drafted by the Cowboys. I don't think he ever started or played, but his dad was drafted by the Cowboys. Cool. <laughs> so, anything else? Um. Oh, um, the Clone Saga Trades. So I got number four. Yesterday. And, By
1: the uh, way, we talked about this last show. You said number five was cheaper. It was not, and it had less content. Oh, was it not? It was not. It was the same price. I double checked it after we recorded that show. Oh really?
5: Well, I'm I sorry if I if I <laughs> I'm sure I'm gonna get hate mail now, so no, You I'm, misled me, you jerk. Spidey dude at yahoo dot com.
1: Don't forget the six nine after Spidey, dude. Anyway,
5: (laughs) (laughs) shut up. What else you got, bud? Anything else? Um, Well, uh, there will be a new CSA issue coming out pretty Mm -hmm. soon, and there will be the Crawleys, probably announced next month. Yes. So
1: cool. All right, uh, Mr. Bailey, what do you like this month?
4: I'm going to recommend Captain America, Winter Soldier, Volume 1 by Ed Brubaker and Steve Epstein with flashback scenes by Michael Lark. I am preparing for something I have planned for July, so I have to start reading a lot of crap now. Um, And I had bought the first two trades of Brubaker's Captain America run, which I've read most of. Really like this book. Uh, If you... Kind of like a real Tom Clancy, I I guess is a good one to compare it to, kind of action-adventure piece uh, with a lot of Captain America's history thrown in there. I will recommend this. Uh, Collects issues 1 through 7, and 7 has the rather tragic end to a Cap-supporting hero. Uh, I was really kind of taken with that issue. I was I was surprised that Brubaker gave as much due to that character as he
1: did. Who are you talking about? I I've read it and I don't remember. Nomad. Oh oh, Jack Monroe.
4: Jack Monroe. No. Yeah, but
1: he yes. he died in Thunderbolts. I
4: thought. No, he he was brought back for the storyline.
1: Oh okay, it's been years since so, I read it. But...
4: Yeah, they do reference uh, him being Scourge.
1: Yeah, in Thunderbolts, uh, I thought he died there. Lie. I don't know why.
4: I'm going to recommend two TV shows, uh, one George is going to make fun of me for, so I'll leave that for uh, a minute. Uh, <laughs> Being Human uh, on Sci-Fi Channel, uh, before anybody starts talking about the fact that they think the BBC one is better, that's great. I haven't seen it. I've just seen the Sci-Fi one, uh, and it's it's been a really interesting show about a vampire, a werewolf, and a ghost all living together. Um for me, it's kind of funny because the guy that played Doomsday uh, on Smallville is the vampire, and the guy that played Jimmy Olsen in Superman Returns is the werewolf. So uh, that's kind of weird. A
5: bunch
4: of um, castoffs and sci-fi. Mm. Really uh,
1: – I like the premise. It sounds like a joke, though. A ghost, <laughs> a werewolf, and a vampire walk into a get, – get a hotel room. kitty
5: bar.
4: <laughs> but wow. But it's it, – <laughs> but it's an interesting take on everything, uh, uh, on the various, yeah, sounds neat. Uh, mythological characters, or however you want to say it. Uh, you know how the vampires operate, how the werewolves work, and what it means to be a ghost. Uh, and the characters are, are, are really good too, which is really what keeps Rachel and I coming back. We have also really gotten into RuPaul's Drag Race on Logo. <laughs> what the hell are you? Uh, what the hell? <laughs> It is a- <laughs> okay,
1: I just
0: got- true. Sure, no, what the hell? We have RuPaul's really gotten X-Men? into RuPaul's Drag Race. What the hell is RuPaul's Drag Race? Uh,
4: it's a show that Rachel started watching and I sat down with her. It's a reality TV show with, hosted by RuPaul where <laughs> she has a bunch of drag queens and they're all Oh, no. Fighting it out to be, you know, <laughs> the, the winner of the competition.
1: So it's America's Next Drag Queen, is basically
0: yeah,
4: pretty <laughs> much. Um, so
0: like like RuPaul, like he's hosting the show, or is he just? Yeah, like, is um, he's hosting the, the
4: show, and he's one of the judges, and they have like they have like two sidekicks, and then a couple guest judges that come on. Um,
1: <laughs> like who's a celebrity just that comes on?
4: Uh, let's see, Rita Rudner was on there.
0: Um, <laughs> God oh, <my>. Almighty. <laughs> Wow, they <laughs> Your are best recommendation, recommendation of all time. <laughs>
4: <laughs> that was for when I,
1: was
5: I love it. Um, Gosh, he's turning his mad card,
0: but oh. he's watching it with his wife. So oh, that's so cool. <laughs> oh my god, you think you know somebody? That's all. <laughs> I think you know somebody. You turn around, and say, yeah, I'm a big RuPaul fan, and you're like, oh my god, I wow. <laughs> oh.
4: Oh, man. Uh, apparently, J.R. was so frustrated, he <laughs> left. has um, got dumped from the car. That's because <laughs> that
0: Paul crap don't fly in Ohio, boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: man, that is awesome. That is awesome. Um, oh, besides from hurting, I'm laughing so hard. That, that
5: was really the best
1: recommendation.
4: I guess I can't follow that up, so I no. will uh, guess that will be the end of my recommendations.
5: Uh, that will probably be in the funny crawlspace moments thread uh, uh, that's a, that's as
0: soon as this one's released. As soon as Bailey started talking about drag queens, you just uh, bailed and left town. They are You're done. Uh,
1: Check please, JR is out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay,
1: uh George, what's your recommendation, sir?
0: Alright. Um, in my habit of getting into things that have already ended, um, <laughs> there is uh somebody somebody turned me on to this one series uh called Legend of the Seeker. That just got cancelled. It started up I guess a couple of years ago. It's like a fantasy, you know, type show. Yeah. Never heard of it. Um, but it's based on like a series of novels that I haven't read that are very popular and um, but it got canceled after two seasons. Uh, I've been watching the first season and I'm gonna recommend it because it's got a lot of cool fight scenes and it's got an old wizard who's kinda like a, like a, I don't know, he's like a medieval hippie except he doesn't suck. Um, but the girl in there, Bridget Reagan, is hot! Oh my gosh, she's like crazy hot and she like kills a bunch of people or she'll like mind control them and that's always fun too. So I've been getting into that show. Although the main character is kind of boring, but she's actually like, she's like a quasi main character. She's like right, you know, she's like supportive of the main character, but she's like the female lead, but she's actually way more interesting than the main character.
1: You like those redheads,
0: don't you? She's not redheaded. She's got Oh, hair. I just Google image searched her. She's all red. Anyway. I haven't seen her with red hair. I, I mean, the show she's got black hair. Does she normally have red hair? No. Well, yeah, there's black hair right there. But she's got curly red hair. It
1: looks like in real life.
0: Uh, she may be in that. Mm-hmm. Let me explain something. I mean, I, I like redheads, but in the show she's got black hair. I don't, she's crazy hot. I mean, that's the thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's not like Christina Hendricks hot. Let's not go crazy. But, uh, <laughs> but, yeah. So I, it's nice, you know. I, uh, I like it because she kills people with knives. And, uh, and that's always a good time. That's Talk always... of her being Wonder Woman. I like w- a lot of knife fights. Talk of her being Wonder Woman. Dude, she would have totally made a good Wonder Woman. I think she would have been a better Wonder Woman than that, that girl that got playing her now on TV. Although I don't think that TV thing's gonna, that's not gonna fly long. I'll that's watch it. A... I'll, I'll David E. Kelly. Yeah, but that's, that that's gonna be around like six I, shows and it's out.
4: I, I, yeah, gonna, I hope so.
0: They, uh, yeah. they're gonna try to do everything they can to pacify David E. Kelly because
5: NBC is hurting.
0: Yeah. Well, they're going to, they're going to do that. They're going to do that. It'll be like six episodes and then America's going to be like, wow, you know, we love Wonder Woman, but we don't know what this is. Mm-hmm. And then Warner Brothers will use that to justify now and forever that they can't do anything with female characters. Wow. And then, you know, of course we'll look at it and say, well, you never really did. You did Catwoman based, that wasn't based on Catwoman and you did Wonder Woman that had little to do with Wonder Woman. Hmm. So anyway uh that's my recommendation legend of the seeker both seasons right on dvd now and, and uh bridget regan is hot check out the link i just put in the chat window it's her S- oh, no, I, I got it yeah i'm, up, it. Here. I'm nice. up here nice yeah. <laughs> jr
1: what do you like this month have you had some time to read or see anything
2: or well i
1: drink I've... any products
2: <laughs> i like cult movie fans i'm I don't usually have a lot of time to read, but lately I've, uh, because I can't ride my bike during some of these Cleveland winters, particularly during the snow we've been getting, uh, I had a temporary uh, membership in the rec center or whatever, so when I go to work out on the elliptical machine or stationary bike, I've been taking Joseph Campbell's Hero with a Thousand Faces, uh, trying to read it. And I, uh, it is almost over my head. <laughs> this is this is definitely something that uh I'm surprised. Stella's probably read it. I would have Stella
1: probably loves it. Yeah.
3: I <laughs> like, have not read it, so she's yeah. probably
2: read it. Oh, I would have thought you would have read that cover to cover. That's almost like uh uh, t- uh mythology 101. Well, that, uh, isn't a... that George
1: uh, Lucas's inspiration for Star Wars? Uh,
2: something they say that you know it's uh, it's always been said that he took some of the hero tropes from mm-hmm. uh from uh Campbell's uh analysis but uh i don't know because uh I, I don't know if he would have been able to slog through it it's it's a pretty tough read i mean it's <laughs> it's it's interesting from the perspective when you realize just how many mythologies are out there how many variations of like the creation story or the flood or the virgin birth uh you know things of that nature it's it's one of those that if you if you hold on to a certain solitary um, religious belief uh this may be a little bit disheartening to you uh to find out that there's Not very, there's probably nothing unique about it. Uh, it is interesting, but it is, it is very difficult to get through, and I'm about halfway through it right now. So, uh, if I think about it, I'll let you know. But, uh, but right now it's, um, I mean, it, like, like I said, it's, it's, it's one of the essential books, you know, to understanding mythological figures, and I thought, well, you know, maybe it'll help me further down the line when I, as I write about Spider-Man some more, but, uh, boy, as, as it is, not yet. (laughs) Yeah. Anything else this no. month? No. 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 Spencer got any new video games? No. Nothing No? Okay. No, he said no. He hasn't been good enough to get anything. And Besides, Christmas, Christmas is over. He's got to wait till his birthday. Aww. Gee, you know, I you know, I mean, you got to save something for bir- uh, birthdays and Christmas. You can't spoil these kids rotten. Uh, <laughs> although sorry. I would imagine if if you're buying Ava Thor's hammer, uh, <laughs> you, know, you know what was uh, kind
1: of funny that that Thor hammer is made by Nerf. I just thought that was ironic. <laughs>
2: Thor's you, know, going around you, the, the real you are way too enamored of that little girl. She, if, <laughs> yeah, she, doesn't, yeah. if she doesn't have you wrapped around her oh, little I'm finger, done. oh yeah, my I'm... god! Wait till she's sixteen, daddy. Buy me a car, sure thing, pumpkin.
4: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Did you see uh, that 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 bigger
1: Thor hammer? Oh,
4: due to the uh, talks.
1: The, yeah, yeah, awesome.
4: the, yeah, I like how it says, "Whoever be worthy to." Uh, you know, can wield the power of Thor. Caution: Do not swallow. Do not do it. Because <laughs> on the, the side hammer. of it, they got this giant caution symbol. And Rachel's like, "That's no fun. Who's gonna
1: so. swallow the hammer? My goodness. Well, that's. Did you, have
0: you seen the uh, the picture of the movie theater standing for Thor? Yeah, I yeah. Have. I haven't seen with it. The, in with theater yet, with but... the massive hammer? That'd be awesome. I'm gonna oh, get a picture. I'm actually, I'm actually hopeful for the Thor movie. I've got, I've got little hope left for the Captain America movie but i'm actually i'm actually getting a, l- a little bit a little bit tingly for thor. Yeah. It's Just because of Natalie Portman, you like her. Yeah. Well, I like Natalie Portman, but uh no, i mean Thor's always been, you know, always been one of my my favorite Marvel heroes. So All right, uh my rec i got everybody
1: didn't i for recommendations? Okay. I'll get mine. Uh, I've got two comics, a movie, a DVD uh from DC Comics. I have a DC, DC. Comics recommendation. Do you believe this? Uh, I've been catching up on my back issues. not surprised. You what? It's happened before, Brad. We're not surprised. I know, I know. I'd surprise you for a change. Uh, I caught up on a lot of my back issues. Uh, The ones I was most impressed with was I read about three months' worth of Wolverine by Jason Aaron. Just loved it. The actual .1 issue I thought was one of the best ones. Uh, It was a really good intro into the character. And it told a good story about his birthday. I'll just leave it at that. And poor Spider-Man didn't get an invite to the birthday. I thought that was funny. Uh, this is a book that I didn't think I'd like, but I like it and I like the artwork a lot and I think Stella should try it. Spider-Girl. Have you read Spider-Girl, Stella? No. The new one? No. It's actually pretty good. I'm, I didn't like that character when she was doing the, uh, the first run, but I, I, I like her motivation. She has a similar type of origin to Spider-Man in that her father has died and she has a bit of uh, she's got the guilt trip, etc. And the most recent issue uh picks up the pieces where um, The Last Hunt did. And amazing. So, uh, uh, Craven's daughter goes after
5: The Grim Hunt.
1: The, isn't that what the last one was called? Grim Hunt? Yeah, you said Last Hunt. Oh, Grim Hunt. Sorry. Anyway, uh that one was pretty good. Uh, I saw a movie, uh, which was a remake, the Karate Kid remake movie, I thought was really good, with Jackie Chan and Will Smith's kid. Didn't expect it to be that good, but uh, I like that they kind of diverged a little bit from it. Uh, hey, Brad. Yeah. In that movie, do they actually mention the fact that he's learning Kung Fu and not Karate? Yep, they do. Then why is it the Karate Kid? I don't – probably because they can sell more tickets instead of the yep, Kung Yep, t-
4: that's exactly why they did it.
1: It's actually called Kung Fu Kid in Japan, isn't it? I think it is. That's what I, I read or something like that. Anyway. I uh, like that movie. Also, my DC recommendation. I'll, I uh, downloaded Netflix for my PlayStation 3, and I tried the first month of it, and I like it. I like that you can stream movies, and you don't have to buy the DVDs, etc. And one of the first ones, one of the first things I was impressed with is they had a whole bunch of DC direct DVD movies on there. So I put in my instant queue Batman Under the Red Hood, and that is really freaking good. I mean, I like that a lot. It was it was yeah I was pleasantly surprised. It was really good. I liked uh, the voice acting. I'm used to Mark Hamill doing the Joker, but um, John DiMaggio did a great job. Also, Bender. Who?
4: Bender from Futurama.
2: I see. I don't re- watch Futurama.
4: I oh, watch okay. Robot Futurama.
2: Okay, <laughs> and he he's also the Sandman in the Spectacular Spider-Man cartoon. Oh, that's
4: cool. And he was Aquaman on Brave and the Bold. And Bruce Greenwood from
1: uh Star Trek The New Movie was Bruce Wayne in Batman. He's also Bruce Wayne in the new Young Justice.
4: Oh. Yes, he is, and that is awesome. He also uh, was
1: on St. Elsewhere back in the day, right? Mr. Bailey? Yes, yeah. There you yes, go. he was yeah, on the last
4: yeah. season. He was the Mark Harmon replacement.
1: Yep. And, and Neil Patrick Harris as Dick Grayson, I thought was a good voice. So Much. Stella, Stella did you like that one? I know you're the Bat fan.
3: Yes, I did enjoy it. That was cool.
1: There was no uh Batgirl in it, though. I don't think. No, but anyway. Yeah,
3: she doesn't really appear in that storyline. That was so. a, that was a good story. Um, <laughs> Excuse one me. One of the, one of
5: the things Brad, to, to bring a Spider-Man connection to that. Yeah. Um, Young Justice is produced by none other than our very own Greg Wiseman.
1: Mm-hmm. So. And Peter David wrote Young Justice for uh,
5: almost. He's a- also going to write Fire. some episodes later on. Yep.
1: Alright, that's my recommendations. Uh, let's hey, play. Plow- yeah buddy. Since
0: you're streaming that stuff from Netflix, I- I've always, you're the first person who I actually know who does that. Right. Um how does that look? I mean, does that, does that look like you're watching, is it like, is it like Blu-ray quality? I think it, it's about 480. It's like a DVD
1: up-convertitive, in my opinion. So, so if, if I've got a 1080p, it's probably gonna look like crap? No, I've got a 1080p, and it doesn't look like crap. It's pretty clear. Um It it depends on your internet connection. Because when it first starts, it's a little pixelated, and then it really improves dramatically.
5: Yeah, I I have the same, I mean, we have high-speed internet here at the house, and the internet's in the, over by the TV. And, uh, we got 1080p, and George, it looks, it looks fine. It's not, it's not quite Blu-ray quality, but I mean, it's, like Brad said, it's up, it's like... I'd say
1: it's in between a DVD and a Blu-ray. Right in there. That's what I'd It's It's probably 720p yeah i I like it i mean it's you're saying it's better than d v d is what you're saying yes yeah yeah all right moving on to message board questions from berserk fury eight one nine uh b d do you have any interest in any comics besides Marvel? I really think you're cutting yourself off from a lot of great stuff by only reading books from one company, but the only book I've ventured out lately is uh The Walking Dead like that a lot i just uh my my interest and my love of uh, is of Marvel characters. Always has been since I was a little kid. I really don't have the time nor the money to venture that far out. Like I'll, I will watch. Like I just said, I watch Batman and I like the movies and I like the the uh, DVDs and stuff like that. But I really don't have the time or the interest or the money to venture out too much. Besides the characters I grew up with. Jr., have you been following Punisher Max? If so, what do you think of it so far?
2: Uh, you know. <laughs> Uh, I was about to say I better stop talking about how much I like The Punisher because it got me in trouble in the last podcast. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, as much as, I, like I've always said, as much as I like The Punisher's philosophy, uh, really I think he's a poor dramatic character. Uh, I I don't buy Punisher comics um, and I don't read them. Uh, you know, like, I mean, I always thought he was a cool character because I liked kind of his approach, but I think he's a very one-note uh, uh, character and and plus he's uh, he's seriously disturbed. <laughs> so, but no, I'm not reading it. No,
1: I ha- I have been reading. It's written by Jason Aaron and it's really really good stuff. He's taking on Bullseye and the Kingpin, just good stuff. I that add that to recommendations for me. Uh, Kevin's not with us, unfortunately. Uh, he, uh, he, I was going to substitute for Kevin. Oh, yeah, oh can... any predictions for the War of the Green Lanterns, Kevin? Well, the
5: Green Lanterns are going to show up and uh, they're all going to be like fighting and everything. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to shave my beard.
3: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh.
5: Zach, would you be willing to donate money
1: so that Detroit can build a statue for RoboCop? Would you buy that for a dollar?
5: For 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 a dollar? I'd, I'd donate a dollar. I mean, I, that it, was it. That was really... in
1: the movie, wasn't it? I'd buy that for a dollar. I thought that was in there.
4: Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yes, it was. It was okay, the Benny Hill type show. Yeah. <laughs> other, th- other than that, I mean, I
5: mean it, ooh. Statue of RoboCop, because that's the only thing that they can, Detroit can celebrate these days, is RoboCop. I'm just saying.
1: They're remaking it. Put it right What's next it? to the Rocky. For,
0: from a, based off a movie filmed in Dallas. <laughs> it, the movie's not even filmed in
1: Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Stella, if you were in charge of the Batman books, what would you do with Cassandra Kane? Who's Cassandra Kane? Is that Batwoman?
3: Uh, she was Batgirl... I guess she was the if we have to count uh, Betty, uh, the third bad girl. She's Asian. Okay. She's pretty. She has a pretty popular fan. I, I would compare her to Spider Girl, uh, in the Marvel. Oh, I'd just kill her off. I mean, that way we wouldn't have to uh, have all this controversy. No, I'm just joking. Um, I know a lot of people would not like that. No, I think that uh, she should get some sort of identity and uh, work, I think, with Red Robin, which is uh, Tim right now. Um, I think it's just strange to have him working on his own, so I think that would be good and have her maybe a part of the the Batman, Inc. team. But bringing her back to Gotham, I think that would just be too tough for Stephanie to handle because then you're living up to, once again, a shadow. But if you were to bring her on the Birds of Prey, she could potentially work there as well. So yeah. three kind of options. You know
0: what would be cool with her? You know what would
3: be cool with her,
0: Stella? No, what? Just to... Uh... Is to kill off that Damian Wayne guy. And make her Robin. And make her Robin.
3: Yeah, that could work. Because yeah, he's annoying.
5: Yeah. <laughs> well, no, Because last time, as, as Michael said last time, there was a Robin this annoying. we They voted to kill him off.
3: Yeah, he was yeah. But they brought him back,
1: didn't they? <laughs> uh, Michael, yeah. you mentioned you've been reading a lot of Spider-Man back issues lately. What have you been enjoying the most?
4: Um, Actually... Just last week, before I had to stop to start my Captain America research, I read two forty nine to two fifty one.
1: How ironic is that?
4: Yeah, I was when you all were talking about. it, I was like, okay, I'll just say my opinions for you know the message boards questions. Really awesome story. Yeah, because um, I was kind of going back to read a little bit before the the alien costume era. Yeah, and everything from. From the, the Hobgoblin fight at the um, Gentleman's Club to the scene where Jonah resigns. That scene just was everything I like about Spider-Man was in that scene. Nice. Because it was two characters who... I, I don't think that Peter hates Jonah, but Jonah hates Spider-Man. <laughs> so, but it was two characters that don't get along. And Spider-Man kind of calling him out and him going, oh, yeah, well, I just quit. And I thought that was great. Yeah, um, And it was just a really satisfying conclusion to the, the whole fight between him and Hobgoblin. Though I am liking the Hobgoblin's return a couple issues later uh, and then building him back up from the, the big finale in that one.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. For the whole gang, be honest. Who's planning on checking out the Spider-Man XXX parody? You guys seen these pictures?
5: Yes, I've seen the photos. They've yes, replaced the spider.
1: they replaced
5: the spider, replaced a spider on his chest with a big X. Well, that's because they can't use the logos.
1: Why not? They're, calling, mean, it, they're calling it. they it Spider Man.
5: I know, but I mean, <laughs> there's, there's a certain
1: point where uh,
5: they I think as long as it's called. Tragedy, you know, it, you it, the you funny thing is, we were complaining about the crotch on the other one. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and it's just as bad on this. Uh, you know, and then there's there's uh, that thread on her message board. That, uh, that started. I, I, well, I don't think I saw it. It's in the, uh, I think it's in the, in the movies and, and TV okay. show, The Forum. Um, it, it, you know, you, when you're starting to debate the validity of porn, where, <laughs> you know, it's PG-13, if you, if you're showing, if you don't show any penetration, you can show. Oh people, my God. It's just
1: wow. like. Oh my God.
3: Wow. wow. Yeah. It, 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 you, what a friend
1: that we have in <laughs> <laughs>
3: Holy cow. You hear me?
1: Oh, my goodness. Okay. So, uh, um, you know, again, don't use the word penetration on these parts.
3: <laughs> no so, more.
0: Have, no <laughs> more. Just for future reference, don't talk about penetration. On <laughs> I think I had to give out that warning. My God.
1: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> however, the, I saw, like, the actors, like, I saw pictures, and, and the Gwen Stacy, it's
0: kind of like Gwen Stacy. She's got the little overcoat going and the...
5: Oh, yeah, I mean... The,
0: oh,
4: the, anyway. The, uh,
0: Spider-Man, the XXX parody, or as I like to call it, the Van Lenthe story.
4: So <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> she, she, yeah. she has the overcoat on there, but it probably won't be on for very long. Right? <laughs> I just want you to know that. I liked,
0: it the, I liked it the first time I read it when Joe Kelly wrote
1: Black Cat. Oh, man, snap. Proto Goblin, Mike, what are your top five Superman stories of all time?
4: Okay, really quick. uh, Number five, Up, Up, and Away. Number four, Kryptonite Nevermore. Number three, (laughs) um, Death and Return of Superman. Number two, uh, Panic in the Sky. Number one, Exile.
0: I I have to ask, (laughs) what is Kryptonite Nevermore?
4: That's the... The No. (laughs) <laughs> no it's a story that kicked off the um the julius schwartz era oh, Okay. where kryptonite through this freak chain reaction all the kryptonite in the world had been uh, eradicated basically hmm. and uh, there was this whole like other superman it was it was a pretty it was denny O'Neill's big superman story okay oh okay
1: Zach, rank these Clone Saga crossovers from best to worst: Blood Brothers, Power and Responsibility, Revelations, Maximum Clonage, and while not technically crossover, the Return of Spider-Man Month.
5: Okay, um, looking at this, I'm going to rate the the top one as Revelations. Uh, right below that, Power and Responsibility. Right below that, hang on, let me pull this up because I was
1: Blood trying... Brothers, Maximum Clonage, or Return of Spider-Man.
5: Uh, Blood Brothers. Okay. Right below, below that, um. Uh, Return of Spider-Man and right below that Maximum Clonage Maximum Clonage was far and away the worst yeah of, of that, of that.
1: Stella what would you consider the best film adaption of a book you've read to ever be
3: yeah it's tough because I'm hard on them uh, you know and they don't follow uh, the book but probably the best would have to be Gone the Wind even though there are uh, some departures
1: Stella I mean, JR, what are your opinions of Kurt Busick's Untold Tales of Spider-Man from the 90s and also the Amazing Fantasy mini also written by him uh, around the
2: same time? Um, I, you know, we've talked about Untold Tales before. Mm-hmm. Um, in general, I I I enjoyed it. I enjoyed how Busick was able to pretty effortlessly retcon all the basically he took you know the the next 30 or 40 years and he kind of was able to weave all kinds of foreshadowing of those events yeah. uh, into untold tales and uh, he also you know was able to answer some so, you know some questions you know like for example how Betty Brant got a job as an executive secretary when she's only a teenage girl um so i, I from that from that aspect i liked it i thought the villains they were original the original vi- villains were pretty lame scorcher yeah, Scorcher. Well, they and then, brought course,
1: they brought Scorcher back for Civil War or something. I remember. Yeah. yeah
2: and, was, well, Scarecrow was brought back too. You know, and of course the running joke was, "You have a Scarecrow villain too?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, so I, I felt the villains was kind of the villains were kind of lame. Uh, the three issue Amazing Fantasy, I did. I wanted to look at that again, and I didn't have a chance to. I read it once. Me too. A lot I, of a lot of it was centered around. Um, there was a, a teenage girl at that same time that got powers, and Spider-Man was, Peter was kind of debating with her about how to use the powers. And, I, you know, I don't know. It's almost like the wrestling story we talked about. So, there's there's some things that really just don't need any elaboration. Yeah. And, you well, know, between, hey. between Peter, you know, getting bit and the Uncle Ben thing and then becoming the crime fighter, I don't know that we need any elaboration on. I can't remember. I can't remember
1: what Amazing Fantasy was about either.
5: Uh, there was three it was three issues. The first issue was uh, dealing with a villain called to- um, uh, The Undertaker. Uh, basically, he was going around and stealing money from from widowers or widows. Good grief. Um, he's also kind of sinister in some sort of – I can't remember exactly how he's sinister, but he had like superpowers or something, something, something like that. Uh, the second issue was um, the jo- Joey Polanski, I think was her name, that uh, had like like uh, force fill powers. And then the third issue was um, like some Scorcher – it was kind of like Scorcher but different. Uh, It was a guy with like – Yeah, I remember that. uh, Yeah.
1: Human Torch was on the cover of that one, I think. I remember that. Yeah. Uh, He asked the same question to me. I liked it. At the time, I was liking Untold Tales of Spider-Man more than I was the regular title. I, I was—I think it was at the tail end of Clone Saga. Is that what was, it was happening
5: during the Clone Saga? Yeah. They, they produced that book because there was people that were like, "Well, we miss Peter," and we're like, "Oh, yeah. well, we'll tell all these old stories that." Uh, yeah, and they'll be in continuity. I, I, w-
1: I was digging it more uh, than the regular titles. I also think that of all things should be an omnibus. I think it's like twenty-five, it is. thirty issues. That'd 25. be a perfect om- omnibus for people to pick up. I'll tell
5: you right now. And also, um, you know, we've talked about parallel lives on this show. The Mary Jane issue actually takes all the story elements, almost panel for panel, from Parallel Lives and puts them in established continuity. So,
1: uh next yeah. question is for George: If you had to choose between reading an entire comic devoted to Carly Cooper and Spider-Man going on a date, nothing else happens, or sitting through the entire Twilight Saga, which would you choose, sir? I choose a bullet to the head. <laughs> 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 uh, I... Nice. All right. No other explanation needed on that one, actually. A bullet to the head. <laughs> Heartburn from Alberta, Canada. J.R., you probably read Peter Parker, The Spectacular Spider-Man Issues 27 and 28, the story where Spider-Man becomes blind and needs the help of Daredevil to take down the Marauder. I thought this was a good example where Peter was tested to see if he could give up being Spider-Man with the loss of his eyesight, much like in the Spider-Girl universe where after losing his leg, he retired. Your thoughts on the story? Brad, you can answer this if you've read it. I read it a long time ago. It was Miller's first take on Daredevil, if I remember correctly.
2: Yeah, it was, uh, I think issues 27 and 28 were Frank Miller. Uh, so they were, uh, definitely in the back issue bin when Frank Miller was hot. It was like going back and looking for old McFarlane's, you yep. know, some time ago. Um it really the, uh, the, 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 this whole story, the, which basically I call the Carrion, Carrion story arc because Carrion kind of bookends it. Uh, it's on my top 10 Spidey stories list. I really enjoyed it. Nice. Uh, and I think that, uh, I, I, although I'm a little confused as to, Kind of the end, or I don't know if I'm supposed to compare that. The you know if he was going to give up being Spider-Man because he lost his eyesight, uh, as opposed to you know why did he when he lost his leg uh, because it, it, he lost his eyesight because the Marauder zapped him. Uh, and he thought he was blind, but then a lot of his other en- uh, senses were becoming enhanced, and he said, "Oh, cool! I think I'm the world's first blind superhero." So I think he was coming to grips with it, and he was—he might—he was going to consider continuing to be a superhero. The difference between that and—and and obviously what happened in Spider Girl was, well, one, Spider Girl wasn't his title, <laughs> so <laughs> of course he was on the bench yeah. for it. Uh, but also he was a parent, he was a father and a husband by that time, and uh, so he decided that was that was that was kind of. Uh, uh, uh his calling to to hang it up so yeah.
1: zach when are we going to see the clone saga
5: chronicles return we need to hear about clones ah uh, okay let me tell you why you haven't seen it up until this point um we have been using potomatic from the beginning and we are trying to make a change to Lipson. um because of the popularity of the show we really don't want to pay any more money than we've already been paying so the bandwidth had maxed out in february um, we are going to produce, an, there will be a new episode released uh, within probably this next week of when we're recording this. So by the time this comes out, there will probably be a new episode out. Uh, it will be part one of the crossover with Teenage Wasteland with John M. Wilson, um, an Ultimate Spider-Man podcast. So we will have more. We've got four four shows in the can and edited and ready to go. We're just waiting on the uh, bandwidth to reset.
1: Okay. Uh, George, if you and Stagger on Right. How you say it, George? Stegrom. There you go. Went on a cross-country trip together. What would happen on your adventure?
0: It would be the equivalent of smoking the bandit four. Um, where I would, where I would be the bandit, and Stegrom would be, uh would be like Jerry Reed. He'd be Snowman. Who's chasing him? Modoc. Modoc and uh, Modoc's <laughs> <M.O.D.O.K>. saw. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> and, and, you know, so, I love it. So it's Modoc forcing himself out of out of the cop car, and then you know saying things like "Where are you, you some bitch?" He's <laughs> got the giant head, I'm and so then Stegron talking to me on the CB, going "We're not gonna make it, son." And I'm like, "No, we ain't done yet, buddy. We gotta go." I, gotta want to scene, go. I want
4: the scene. I want the scene with you and Modoc in the bar together. God, yeah. Where he doesn't Bunch realize it's you.
2: I mean, he's just floating there. And he's a
0: giant head. He's a sheriff. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um and then you know we've got to get you know we're hired by uh, Wolverine and Puck from Alpha Flight to get the beer from You know we've got to go from Atlanta to Texarkana, load up the beer, and then get back all in 24 hours. We're like across county lines, across state lines, and you know that. So that means you like, you got Puck sitting there going, I want to kick him in the dick, Daddy, and all that other kind of stuff. So <laughs> that's what it'd be. It'd be me and Stagron. It'd be it'd be uh, you know east back down. to see that in the theater. Uh, and then at some point, Steg would eat his basset hound. Steg would eat his basset hound. <laughs> poor, poor, what's, what was the dog's name? Uh, Fred. Fred, Fred. He'd get hungry and like you know, just eat Fred and probably call him a hairless ape or something and scream over the CB, and then we, you know, it would be all about the money at that point.
1: Stella, if you and Batgirl <laughs> went on a cross-country trip together, what would happen on your adventure?
3: I think it would be a 15-minute remake of The River Wild. And it would only take fifteen minutes because we would uh we would most likely uh overtake those those people that were trying to kill us rather easily, but it would basically be a nice camping trip that would go awry and then we'd beat some people up and then we'd uh um, <laughs> sing songs around a campfire and roast marshmallows but it'd be really also, fun <laughs> like, I love
1: it I love it
3: and with waffles I guess if if it's Stephanie Brown version of backroll
1: uh Mr. Bailey, you and Superman went on a cross-country road trip. <laughs> what would happen?
4: <laughs> um, it w- we would be part of, like, Cannonball Run 4. <laughs> uh, and we'd have the Supermobile going on. Uh, it would be cool. awesome. And we'd pick up, like, a couple, like, uh, well, who would be the equivalent of Farrah Fawcett today?
3: Uh, Kate Sarkoff. Okay, oh, yes.
1: Hendricks. Christina Hendricks or Katie Sackhoff. That's good. Yeah, and,
4: and they got a crazy doctor who's constantly trying to drug people. And wow. John Hell yeah. Because, you see, Superman would be Burt Reynolds, and I would be... Tom
0: um, DeLuise?
4: And I would be Tom <laughs> You would be Captain Chaos? Yes, yeah, so I would be Captain. I would be him. You've killed me. <laughs>
0: Damn it, I don't want to talk then, about him. I guess.
4: <laughs> <laughs> and then at the end, we get into the big fight scene where all the other because it's all the other Justice League members racing with us, but the Legion of Doom gets involved, and that's the big fight scene. At the end. Oh my. Wait, does
0: that make does that make Blue Beetle and Guy Gardner, uh, uh, Dean, Dean Martin, Sammy and <laughs> Dean, <laughs> Just like monks? Oh no, They're small.
2: Small. Does that
0: make, wait? Does it's that small. does that make does that make Power Girl like Adrian Barbo in that fast car? Yes.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
4: With, uh, with Catherine
1: Hall, oh god that's the best question
0: heartburn <laughs> <laughs> dude Hall. I want to see these now.
1: and we'll wrap up the show right about there we have one more show for March but before we go I want to give a shout out to our sponsor mailordercomics.com for supporting this show an example of their great prices is on Ultimate Spider-Man number 158 now this one's written by Brian Michael Bendis and penciled by Mark Bagley this one continues the death of Spider Man storyline, and it focuses on him battling the Sinister Six. The cover price is $3.99. Mail order has it for just $2.47, which is 38% off the cover price. So check them out at mailordercomics.com. Thanks for listening, gang. I'm your host and webmaster, Brad Douglas, for the Spider Man Crawlspace.com. <laughs>